everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. If we haven't met yet, my name is Tony, and I'm your host. With over a decade in the local church, I care deeply and passionately about helping you connect with Jesus in practical ways. Today's conversation was so much fun and even a little vulnerable. Today, I talked to fitness expert Kim Dolan-Leto. Kim shares her thoughts on what it means to get fit God's way. We talk about fitness, we talk about food, we talk about the weird relationship that Christians have with the fitness world. We get into it and we talk about her latest resource, Fit God's Way. I think you're absolutely going to love this conversation with Kim. She's got a great spirit about her. She brings a level of intensity that I deeply appreciate and she's got great scripture to back up her thoughts. If you do enjoy this conversation, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with a friend, maybe somebody who's on that fitness journey with you. I'm super thankful for each and every one of you who continue to share the podcast and share about what God is doing on this platform. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Kim Dolan Leto. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have a fitness expert, ministry leader, uh, Kim Dolan Leto. Kim, thank you so much for being here today. I am so blessed to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. We're going to jump into your new resource in just a moment, but whenever I get started, I love to talk to people uh, kind of macro first, and I love to ask the question, how would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life? Oh my gosh, it's like in everything I do, I wake up thinking about it, I go to sleep thinking about it. It doesn't feel like a job. It just feels like this thing that like constantly I will see a, a quote and I'll be like, "Wait, how can I put like God in that and fitness in that and how can I help people with that?" And like my brain is just constantly like, "How in the world can I you know, it's like I wake up thinking about it. I go to bed thinking about it. I, it's just like this mission that God has given me and he gives me endless energy for it. He's opened countless doors for it. And I am, it's just this blessed thing that I I can't even describe. It goes way beyond passion or, you know, people say it's my mission. It's just like, I know that God's called me to do this and, and he's made a way for it to happen. And it's just overwhelmingly, it's, it's an overwhelming blessing. When did you first find out that your life kind of revolved at the intersection of faith and fitness? Well, this book, it really hits home and it hits hard because I was 30 years old when my dad was 47 and had a stroke. And mm. I wasn't healthy at the time. I was like many of us. I was working full time. I would work all day and then eat like a big meal at night and I worked in the pharmaceutical industry. So I was in hotels a lot and I wasn't taking care of myself. And when my dad had a stroke, it was like, God was literally shook me by the shoulders and was like, it's time for you to take care of yourself. And I didn't find any answers in the church. And so I went to the world and I did it all the wrong way. And as a Christian, I could just feel that something was missing and it was, it never worked. And it was because I was doing it without God. And for those of us who love Jesus, we know we can't do anything without him. So he's our firm foundation, even in our fitness. So that's really how I found out is that I was basically scared into it with my dad's health issues. I did it all wrong. Like many of us do, we don't have another answer. 
And God just one day at church showed me, I remember, I'll never forget just crying out to him and saying, Lord, help me just get control over my appetite. Help me not be so all or nothing with this fitness. Like, show me your way. And I opened my, we were doing a study on Revelation. I opened my Bible up to Revelation 3.20 and I looked down and it said, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone answers, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. And I just started bawling. I was like, wait, what? Jesus wants to eat with me? And so for those of us who have struggled with food or struggled with what we see in the mirror, it was like a a come to Jesus moment, literally. So that just changed everything. And I was like, I'm putting away the world's way. I'm doing this God's way. And that's why I wrote Fit God's Way. (laughs) I'm curious to get your thoughts. I've been in the local church for a long time. And I mm-hmm. can tell you that I've probably preached a couple hundred sermons over the years, and I've never preached mm-hmm. one on fitness or physical fitness at all. And I just kind of realized in this, mm-hmm. and actually in preparation for this, is we don't really talk a lot about fitness in the church or even just our relationship with food. Um, what do you think happened? What went wrong? How do we all of a sudden leave out what is something that is clearly matters to God? I'm like, right as you're talking, I'm just like, God, please help me answer this with love and grace. Um, I honestly think that I like I was literally rejected by every publisher because I was told Christians don't want this message. And I'm so grateful to Salem because they got it. They got it right away and they believed in it because how is Christians? I mean, we hear about parenting, we hear about finances, we hear about marriage. But we don't hear about our body image, food, fitness, taking care of our bodies. And so we go to the world. So how can we sit in church and go to our Bible studies and do all these other things at church and then have this piece missing? So I think the reason is that I feel like not all churches, so don't throw, like, I don't want any hate mail over this. I feel like people kind of dismiss, oh, you, you're into fitness, you're vain. Oh, you don't do fitness at all? Oh, you're more holy. So I feel like there's this like religious thing of like you're vain if you want to do fitness. And then if you do it and you like, if you don't do it, it's okay because that means like long dresses, no makeup. You don't need to take care of yourself. You're vain if you do that. And I feel like there's a spirit of religious man made legalism that people don't want to own up to. They, they don't want to face the fact that God has called us to honor him and our bodies. And I don't mean that as a vanity project. I mean it as a sanity project. I mean, as moving your body every day and like seven fit fit God's way is all about modeling after the way Jesus lived. He got up early. He got with his father. He walked everywhere. He came to serve. I'm not saying we should walk everywhere, but I am saying we should move our body. He didn't, he didn't, live to eat. He ate to live and he fulfilled his mission. He worshiped his father. So I feel like it's, it's just that simple. So we have a lot of things going on. We have the church, some church people telling us it's vain and then the world making it look like this over-sexualized thing. And so I feel like the church just wants to stay out of it. But by them being quiet, I feel like we're doing our congregations a huge disservice because Maybe men, I don't know if men feel it as much as women do. I'm going to assume they do feel that pressure. But women, we're raising children. 
And we need to be teaching our kids to be eating God-made food, not man-made processed food, and to look at our bodies however God made them and know that he made them without mistake. Like this is not about vanity or looking hot on the weekend. This is about let's take care of ourselves and embrace who God made us to be and take the best care of ourselves so we can fulfill God's calling on our lives. So I think there's just a big misunderstanding in the church about what fitness should be and Without God, it's literally idolatry. So we need God and fitness more than anything. That was a really mm. long answer. I hope that's okay. <laughs> no, it's great. This is this is exactly what this format is for because I, I want to get into the long answers because I, I I don't think it's something that we talk about very often. Mm-hmm. Now you, you um, are married and have been uh, you know for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. You've got a beautiful daughter, and I'm curious how do you bring um, this fitness and faith message into your family. I've got three kids married to my high school sweetheart. I love to steal good ideas. What are some things that the people who are listening to, what can they do to begin to to bridge the gap between God, their relationship with food and fitness? Absolutely. Well, I think because family, like my husband's Italian, I'm Latin, everything's all about food. So I feel like family and food go together, like, you know, faith and family, like the roots of it all, right? So I think it's just recognizing that this is not a perfection project, that you can make things that you love to eat as a family in a healthy way. You can replace some of the overly man-made processed ingredients with God-made ingredients, that you should always pray before you eat, and you don't eat to numb your emotions or your feelings. You, go, you take those to God. So when you, you, I've always taught my daughter, we don't eat our feelings. We go to Jesus. We lay them at his feet. We ask him to heal us. We don't, we want to repair our relationship with food because food becomes an idol and we don't want any idols. God will have no gods before him. And I believe that food can be an idol. Fitness can be an idol. So in a family, doing things as simple as praying before your meals, sitting around the table, that is so important to our family. We do that every day. And Mm. I think that that is missing. Like to me, that's the backbone of our country. Like we need that. And I think we need to just start looking at ingredients. Like what if I just bought ingredients that were like what God actually made instead of what man made? Like look at flour. Like you just buy whole grain flour, bread, buy breads that are whole grains. They're not sugar, processed flour, 25 chemicals you can't pronounce. Like just start there. And then also bringing into your family, children really have it hard right now, social media. We need to be pouring the word of God into them. They need, they need to know that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, that God doesn't make mistakes. I always tell my daughter, Isaiah 64, 8 says that, that he's the powder and we're the clay, we're the work of his hands. And that we have to, we have to know that like God has chosen us and set us apart for his callings for such a time as this. This is your life. So not everybody may like you, but God loves you all the time. And mom and dad love you all the time. Mm. So I really think we need to teach our children what God says about them and their body image and social media and all this stuff, food, you know, cravings and coming before him and just truly knowing who you are in him because that is the foundation and answer to everything. Preach. Let's go. I'm here for all of that. Um, 
One of the things that we say around here a lot is that if you're not uh, if you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love to ask people what their daily disciplines are. Like, what are the things that keep you in a good, healthy place? What are your uh, your boundaries in in uh, in discipline form? Well, I okay. So what I teach in Fit God's Way is something called the seven W's. And it is that's it is the system that I have used for over 20 years to keep the weight off because I'm a weight loss transformation story. It is what has helped all the fit sisters in Christ that I have, tens of thousands of women at this point. And that is, you don't, you don't have to do this exactly, but do it in your way. I get up, I spend time with God. What did Jesus do? Get up, spend time with God, spend time in prayer, spend time reading your Bible. Like, this right here, if you, you need to, I don't believe, like, I don't want to look at my phone. I want to hold my Bible. I want to read through it. You know, like that is time with God is the foundation of everything. So that, um, bringing the grocery store is your first line of defense. So bring foods into your home that God made. So that is a huge thing for me. Like I wake up every morning, I eat my healthy breakfast. I spend my time with God and I move my body in some way. So those are the simple things that I do. I also go to sleep and wake up at the same times every day. I believe that there's something very sacred about mornings with Jesus. So I get up very early. I know it's not for everyone, but I get up very early and I go to bed. I put myself to bed early. Um, When you listen to music, when I listen to music, I have saved my music. I was like, I need to get my music saved. So I make sure the things that I watch and that I listen to are filled with the word of God and not the trash of secular, the world. Like, I don't need to hear cuss words in my music. I don't need to watch things that are going to um, get me, you know, our minds. We have to guard our hearts or all of those gates, our eyes, our minds, our ears. So, like, I love watching Heartland. People laugh at me. They're like, what shows do you watch? I'm like, I love a good Heartland. Like, I don't even know if you know what that show is, but it's just family, farming, (laughs) like, simple like, so I think it's really important to have a schedule every day that you follow a routine and to guard your heart, put a guard around mm. it and think about what you're bringing into your food, your home for food. So I'm a really routine scheduled person. So pretty much my life looks the same a lot. Um, like I said, get up, work out or read the Bible, eat my food, spend my time with God, work out. And then throughout the day, I'm working, listening to Christian music. Uh, as a family, we eat together, we pray. I cook our food, our whole God-made foods. And, and that is no perfection project. Obviously, we plan and we go out and we enjoy whatever we want. But pro- by and large, we're very like disciplined in what we do because we know that's how we will run best. And without discipline, I feel like everything falls apart. So structure and discipline, I feel like, is of God. And that is exactly where we all thrive. Yeah, I know that uh, discipline in my life has been kind of the game changer. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm curious about when you're coaching someone who's like, I'm just not disciplined. (laughs) You know, did you make yourself become disciplined or is it uh, basically like – do you think it's something that can be can be taught or is it more you know people are, are predispositioned to it and and you know, how do you go the other way if you're kind of whimsical well i think god gives us all a natural personality i will say that i was never disciplined 
I was that person that was like, can I just have five more minutes of sleep that would like want to just hit zoo, like snooze a million times. And now I literally wake up before an alarm would ever go off. I don't even think I've used an alarm. So uh, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I was reading Mark this morning. I'm doing this pursuit Bible study at my church right now. It's for a leadership program for women. And I was reading in Mark, I think it's a nine, about how we were supposed to deny ourselves and take up our cross. And I believe that wherever we lack a discipline, that is where we need to meet Jesus daily. So I always say, mm. like, fitness is a great place to meet Jesus daily because I believe fitness is – it's not that moms or people don't want to do it. It's that their day feels like it's running them instead of them running their day. And I don't believe God intended us to live that way. So I would take wherever you don't feel disciplined straight to God because He has not given you a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a, some translations say a sound mind, some say self-discipline, and some say self-control. You have – the fruit of self-control. You have it, but are you using it? And so the more we deny ourselves and rely on the Holy Spirit, we can walk in that self-control and we can see that fruit in our lives and be, I'm amazed. I never thought that I could like write a book or I could, I was the person that never finished what I started. I mean, if my dad was alive today, he'd be like, what? My daughter did what? I was the girl that hit snooze. So I understand it. So I would just say some practical steps. The first thing I would do is take it right to Jesus and surrender it. He knows exactly where you struggle, and He's right there to help you. He will help mm. you. And there's a word for it. Start speaking that word over yourself. Like, I'm not lazy. I have the spirit of self-control. Like, speak life over yourself. Yeah. Man, I, you're motivating. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Let's do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I I know um I know it it I saw in your Facebook I think that it it took you eighteen months to write the book and one of the one of the questions that I love to ask authors um is is what did you learn about God in the process of writing this resource? Okay, so it didn't take me eighteen months. It took me one month to write the book. It's an eighteen month journey from getting a publisher. Uh, to going through all of the edits, to them bringing it to market. So I've always self-published in the past. This time I wanted it to be shepherded by people who knew what they were doing. And so I, uh, you know, I really had to lean into God there and, and ask him, like, Father, what do you want me to do? Because mm. at first I had already written a fitness book. So I was like, God, I already wrote this book. But my literary agent was like, come on, let we want to. And so the one thing that I learned is that my life is not my own. My time is not my own. I am here to serve and I am not here for myself. And that was because a lot of me was like, can I really do this again? Like eight years ago, I wrote a book, created a fitness workout series. I have been working with women for the last eight years, day in and day out. So for me to finally get a publishing contract after I was rejected by everyone just felt like, but I already did this. And, but I, and I was like, God, what else am I going to say? And by fully relying on him, oh my gosh, he blew me away with what he had to say. Mm. Cause I pray before my fingers ever would hit the key, the, you know, the keyboard, I would just be like the Holy spirit, like just come like, I love, I saw Ben Carson last weekend and he said, I'm the neurosurgeon, or God, you're the neurosurgeon and I'm the hands. 
And that's what I was like. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you do. So let's go. Like, I'll just type, like, what do you want me to say? And he showed up. And so God will, God will meet you when you have nothing. (laughs) Like when you don't know what you're going to do, that is where he thrives because you can finally get out of your own way. Does that make sense? And so he just like outdid himself with this book. I'm blown away. One of the things I appreciate about the book is not only do you have the seven W's, but you also have the seven habits and seven's kind of one of those themes in the book. Uh, talk to me about what yep. you learned about that sacred number and um, the study that went into that. Cause it, I mean, you've done some, some really serious um, work on the, on the scripture side of it and kind of leaning into this, um, you know, idea of perfection and that, that sort of idea with the number seven. Okay, well, for me, the number seven is the number of like completeness and wholeness and perfection in the Bible. I was just trying to find it in the book, like where exactly it had it so I could, um, so I could share. But okay, it says in my book, I am, I made the number seven a focus of this book because of the biblical significance behind it. Mm. Seven is the number of completeness and perfection, both physical and spiritual. While there is no perfection, the side of heaven, our Jesus is perfect. And in him, we can experience completeness and become the best version of ourselves here on earth for him. And when I say the best version of ourselves, I do not mean some cheesy hot thing or whatever the worldly interpretation of that is. I mean the best version of yourself for Jesus, which looks very different than what the world looks like. So I think that this whole idea of seven, there's seven P's, which is all about eating. There's seven W's, which is the daily plan. There's uh, seven habits that are modeled after how Jesus lived. And the whole book is basically just like, you don't need to take part of the $72 billion a year diet industry and go all in and be all or nothing and ride the crazy shame train of dieting and perfectionism and all of that, you can just look in the mirror right now and know that you're enough in Christ and start slowly making better decisions for your health and surrender it to him every day. And in one year, like in 12 weeks, you'll be a new person. And in a week, you'll be a new person if you start doing this. But I guarantee people, if they just live with these habits before long, the weight they've never been able to lose will be gone like it, it, living the way that Jesus did changes everything. So, yeah, it's amazing. One of the parts that I um, I really felt from your heart was the in the introduction you, you title it the promise, mm-hmm. and it's a promise that you make to uh, the people who are willing to go on this journey with you. Yep, you, you seem like you're so relational, um, and just in our dialogue, but also in, in your writing. What's the importance of community kind of been on your journey? I think it's really hard. I, I don't know if you feel like this as a podcaster, but I feel like I'm a podcaster. I'm an author. I help women and it can feel really lonely. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. we need to know that we're not alone. And especially with fitness, if you just have a person to reach out to, to say, Hey, Let's go work out together today. Let's pray before we work out. Let's pray after we work out. Or like, hey, I found this new recipe. I want, let's try it. Like, come on over. Let Get your family. Let's come over and like, let's try to cook like healthy pizza. Or So I think community and accountability is everything. And God, I mean, it says, you know, in 
Ecclesiastes that two are better than one. Like God never intended on us doing things alone and we need that fellowship. So I think that for me, that is one thing that's hard is that I don't have, I have a few friends that I could say like I'm writing and writing is tough by yourself. But I realized that I had that fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, like as I was doing it. And um, that is really what pulled me through. So I want to encourage people, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Get, get, get the book, get a friend, go to www.fitgodsway.com, download all my free resources for you. I'm 1000% invested in your, in your help and your success. I want to give you the roadmap, the tools, and it's going to make a big difference because you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. One of the things we say around here a lot is that following Jesus is a team sport. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's just, it's a good reminder. Uh, I, I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting about the work that you're doing is that you are in a very big industry that's f- large part rejects faith um, and <laughs> really focuses on fitness and, and a compl- for different reasons. Yes. Um, what's it like being a, a missionary in the fitness industry? I, oh my gosh, what I'm about to say, I hope it's okay. I actually get way more acceptance from secular people than I do from the church. All the rejection I've gotten oh, that is from the church. Me. Yeah. And that really hurts. Like, I've literally cried my eyes out over that. Like, I just know that another woman felt like I did and is so sick of doing this in her own strength and needs Jesus here. Like, how can we miss this, people? Why, why do you think that it, man, it's, it's, it breaks my heart. I, I don't, I don't know if I really have a great question now. I'm just kind of, kind of like, <laughs> well, I don't understand why Christians are so mean about this kind of stuff. Um, and we're so, we're so not open to it. It's just like the people you, that talk about money. Like, it's like, they always make the joke, like, uh, Christians just want your money or, or in the church, you know, it's like, Oh, here they go asking us for money again. And it's like, who gave you that money? You're not giving to the church. You're giving to God. Like it's all his, you know, I just think money and I feel like fitness and finances are kind of the same, but finances because of good old Dave Ramsey, they're in the church. I want this in the church. This needs to be in the church, whether it's me or someone else. We need Jesus in our fitness and our body image and our kitchens. We need to be praying before our meals, grocery shopping with him in mind. We need him in this. So I, I hope to be a person that helps get this message in there. Let me ask you this, because one of the things that I've noticed in church culture over the years is that uh, guys especially <laughs> wrestle with... Um, women in tight clothing who are working out, right? Like, I, I mean, I mean, you know, all the the purity culture that's kind of been um, been out there before, and you've you know, we've all uh, heard that before. I'm sure you've heard it. I, I can't even imagine what it must be like in your DMs. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm talk, talk to some of the guys out there in the in the church world about this idea notion. That we don't know what to do with, uh, you know, women working out or all that kind of jazz. How, how do you wrestle with that? Well, I mean, I would just say what Jesus said that we should not, you know, if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, like 
we should, that's the spirit. If someone feels that way, that's a spirit of lust that they should address. I mean, as far as I think, like every single pair of workout clothes, I mean, people wear workout clothes now for clothing. Like, right, sure. I go to the grocery store and 90% of the moms are wearing workout tights and like something like what I have on right here, like something that zips up like a, a workout jacket. Um, so I would just say like, would you want someone to look at your wife like that? Your sister like that? Your daughter like that? Like look at people like the way Jesus would. And I don't, and furthermore, we shouldn't judge each other about the way that we look, whatever size we are, whatever age we are, whatever rate, like all of that just needs to go. Like God didn't intend any of that, you know? So I think we need to look at each other the way we should and walk in brotherly and sisterly Christian love for one another and respect. Yeah. I, I think that one of the reasons that the church struggles with fitness so much is because the church struggles with holding people accountable to the sin of, of lust. Right. And I I think the, I think that the point you're making there is really something to consider when we think about this, because we're not really, we don't really talk about the human body much at all, because it feels like a lot of church leaders are super awkward about it and don't know how to do it in a way that is honoring to God. Um, when, when you talk to women about body image and that kind of stuff, what, what are some of your go-to scriptures that you Hang, hang your hat on and that maybe somebody who's listening now who's like, man, I've just never thought about my body image and God before. Where, where can they kind of start? Well, I think one of the biggest things is I tell women like right out of the gate, like think about the mom who like, if you're a mom and you're listening and you have children or your grandma or you're a big sister Think about how much you love the little kids in your life, your children, your grandchildren. Mm. Think about how beautiful they are to you, how perfect they are to you, how you just look at them and you're just like, oh my gosh, you couldn't be more perfect to me. I love you. And that's how God looks at you. So I feel like we need to take the way we look at our children and give it to ourselves. Like, wow, God loves me infinitely beyond that. You know, like if the Bible says, like, if we being evil, like love our children, want to do all these great things for our children, how much more does God love us? And so I think Mm. when we start to realize that you are not what you look like, you're not the body parts you want to change, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, of course, you know, Psalm 139, like go right there. Um, I mentioned Isaiah 64, 8, that God is the potter and we are the clay, we're the work of his hands. And uh, I love Song of Solomon 4-7. It says, like, you're altogether beautiful. You're altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. But I think, of course, Genesis 1-27, we're made in the image of God. I think what we need to get away from is that we are what we look like. Who cares about that? Like, I love Charles Stanley. He's like, look your best, be your best, do your best. Let's just leave it at that. Like, I think our culture is so obsessed with what we look like that we've made an idol out of it. And what you look like is just one of the smallest things about you. I mean, you're a whole masterful work of God, and we're parked on what we look like. 
And it's because the world is telling us what to look like. And we need to stop listening to the world. And we need to start listening to God and saying, wait, he, he knew me before I was even like knitted together in my mother's womb. I'm, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. Like all the days of my life were like, he knew them before I was ever created. Think about that love. And like, how can you care about, because so many women will say, well, I have stretch marks because I had kids. Girl, wear those with pride. Like, those are from your babies. Like, who cares? I think we're just, the world has just made what we look like an idol so much. And the Chris, as Christians, we have to stop buying into it. And we have to reject yeah. it and know that God made our bodies and they're for his service. So I feel like that just flips the whole script and the way you look at yourself. And I love in my book, I was praying about how to address this and God gave me this phrase. And now when I look in the mirror, I see it and it's really helped me at my age because I just turned 54 and it's see his perfection in your reflection, Mm. not you, his perfection. And that is just like a big old beautiful bath of grace, isn't it? Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Kim to remind you to come to the Spirit and Truth Conference, March 9th through 11th, Dayton, Ohio. This is going to be such a fun event. There are going to be speakers from all over the world. I know you're absolutely going to love it. If you're tired, worn out, and you just want a breath of fresh air, this is the conference for you. You can check us out by going to spiritandtruth.life slash conference to learn more about who's going to be speaking and what they're going to be saying. And when you check out, use the term podcast to save a little money on that registration free. We can't wait to connect with each and every one of you. And I know that God's going to move in powerful ways. Now, let's finish up our conversation with Kim. Uh, this is so good. So I have so many great notes and questions. Um, the the podcast, um, Strong, Confident, His, uh, talk to me about the birth of that. Like, I, I love the naming of it. It's obviously... Um, but but when did you decide that you were going to try to uh, you were going to continue to build the kind of the the message that God has given you out into the podcast world? It, what can you know? I think people should go and subscribe. What, what would they um, what would they get when they subscribe in terms of what kind of content are you putting out there? Okay, on so that platform? that's a lot of questions. Okay, so the first question I is, know, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I. I created what I feel like every woman needed, that she needed daily motivation to, how do I do this with Jesus? Mm. How do I address my body image? How do I approach food? How do I approach going to the gym? How do I invite God into my fitness? Like, how do I make fitness holy? How would I even, what does any of this even look like? Right? Because nobody's talking about it. So I was like, it was all during right when COVID hit and March, 2020. And so I was like, I'm just going to do a podcast. I don't want people to feel like they're alone. I have felt so alone Mm. on this journey and I never want someone to feel like me. So I just started creating tons of assets, free assets. People can go download them at kimdolanletto.com free resources or at www.fitgodsway.com. I want people to know what it looks like. How do you invite God to eat with you? How do you like overcome your body image insecurities? How do you deal with, you know, hormonal issues, hormonal weight gain, not being able to sleep, feeding kids who are so picky? Like I wanted women to just have this like friend that they could listen to. That's like, 
going to get them prayed up and powered up and with a plan so they know how to get to work and do what God is calling them to do their way through him. That's really good. You did a great job in navigating my question waterfall, I'm which outline. I apologize I'm for. Like, when did you start? <laughs> what will they get? Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. This is um, this conversation is a little outside my own comfort zone, if I could just be vulnerable, because I, I wrestle with food. Like, I love to work out, and I work out all the time, but my mm-hmm. life is a series of meetings at restaurants and it's it's just not uh, it's an area that I struggle to surrender um, to God and I just do it in my own power far too often so this has been a, a super convicting conversation for me if I'm assuming I'm not the only person who's listening that's like that what's the what's the first step I can take? Okay, well, you have to understand that willpower, like anyone who's been on a diet knows willpower doesn't last. And I wrote this quote, and it says, no diet can give you the spirit of self-control. Only God can do that. So if you want to surrender this to him, surrender it to him and ask him what that looks like. And a few steps would be, if you're eating out, there are restaurants that have healthy options. I mean, you could go anywhere and get a chicken salad instead of a cheeseburger and fries or so I think it's your choices and then recognizing there's nothing wrong with having a cheeseburger if you want it there's nothing wrong with that but do you need to eat it every day absolutely not is that going to be the best thing for your heart for your weight for your eventual like the inflammation that it's causing in your body there's a cascade of events that happen when we eat like that all the time but I think this whole guilt, shame, performance, you're good when you eat good, you're bad when you eat bad, crazy worldly dieting mentality is, that's of the world. That is not of God. God can help you repair your relationship with food. So I would just have you pray and ask him, surrender, look like God, I, like Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. God, I'm laying this food thing down. I want to be healthy. Show me what that looks like in my life. Convict me. Because I guarantee you, he's put things, he's put his finger on things in your life that you know you need to lay down. He's done that with me. He does that. He'll show you. It's just we ignore it. We just want to put on Netflix and chill, right? We're like, man, there's just nothing better than eating this until you're done. And then the self-loathing comes over. It's just this crazy roller coaster that food causes because of we've been trained in dieting. We've been trained in what the world taught us, not what God taught us. And there is nothing wrong with coming for before God with prayer and thanksgiving and enjoying food. There's nothing wrong with it. Amen. Amen. That's so good. Um, I know that my listeners love to pray. And mm-hmm. as this book gets into the wilderness, What's the prayer that they can uh, say alongside you as this gets into the hands of so many? Oh, man. I would say, I pray women will read Fit God's Way and feel the burden of failed diets and feeling less than just lift from their shoulders. I pray that the hard work that they do, would they would feel like they're enough, even when they're not there yet, that they would feel like, God, you're faithful. 
And I know if I just surrender this to you and keep pressing on and I don't quit and I just strain forward with you, that I will get there, that I will be healthier, that I will feel whole, that I will leave this worldly stuff behind and I won't feel less than anymore. And I won't hate myself when I eat things and I won't stand on the scale and want to cry. Like God can heal all of that because they're not what they, we're not what we look like. And I, I pray that the simplicity of following the way Jesus lived will be the guide that they knew that they see was missing from their fitness and that they would find peace and results and success mm. and share it with their family and their friends and that their children would benefit because we raise little versions of ourselves. So, you know, there's, like I said, there's nothing wrong with baking cookies, going to get ice cream, but let's, you know, why can't we say, hey, let's go for a bike ride too, or let's bake a healthy pizza tonight. Let's try to make this taste great. Like, let's figure out how to make all the foods we love with God-made ingredients instead of man-made garbage that's killing us. Like, seriously. Um, And just that God would be absolutely glorified through this book, that he would be, that people would think of fitness and think of him instead of what they look like. That is what I am just sick of, that fitness is all about what you look like. It needs to be about, God, I need need to do this work for you. Like, I've got to have energy. I've got to take care of myself. I want to live a long life. I want to break generational health, you know, curses in my family. Like, that is my prayer for this book is that it gets into the hands of every woman who needs it. It changes the family dynamic. People start praying before they eat. When women go to work out, they don't feel less than. They just go there and they rock their confidence and work out. They don't even figure it out, girl. You're going to YouTube it while you're standing there. What is this machine? How does it work? Like live without fear, come boldly before God and he will lift you up. So I could literally just go on and on. So I'll stop. But I just want women to not (laughs) feel like I want them to get off the roller coaster and just find peace and results and success in Jesus. Amen. 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 I think that we, we can all pray that with you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have one more question for you, but before I ask it, where is the best place to get started on learning all things Kim? Okay, so I have KimDolanLetto.com. That's my website. I am Kim Dolanletto at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those places. I also have the Strong Confident His podcast. And for this book, because it is so important to me to help you have the tools that you need to take those few steps, those first steps, go to www.fitgodsway.com and get the book and get the downloads and get there's recipes, there's how do I approach this worth thing. Uh, There's a challenge that I've created, the seven W's challenge. So every day you can post on social media and show people you're getting fit God's way. Not the cheesy world's way, like where everything is all about what you look like and being a slave to what you look like. No, you're going to get fit God's way and have peace and joy for the journey Mm -hmm. and take your sweet children on the ride with you. You know, like I give you all the steps there. So please come get all the free downloads. You can listen to the Strong Confident, his podcast, if you need help and know that I'm here for you. And of course, we'll link to that all in the show notes so that you can have it all right there. 
Um, okay, last question I always love to ask people. It's an advice question, okay. except I get uh, I ask you to go back and give yourself one piece of advice. Um, and I get to name the season, and I, I want to take you back um, to the day <laughs> before your dad had a stroke. Okay. If you could pull up a chair and sit knee to knee with that younger version of yourself, hold her hands, look her in the eyes... What's the one piece of advice you're going to give her? Mm, Wake up. Time is so short and you cannot wait to take care of yourself. You, the time is right now. You have to act right now. Mm. You can't wait for a serious, don't wait for a serious health issue to start making good choices. Do it now. That'll preach. That, that's preach. what I would say because I actually had high cholesterol back then. And then to see my dad, like I had just gotten a test at 30 that said my cholesterol was borderline. And to see that happening to my dad, I literally felt the desperation and the panic come over me, mm. you know? And some people will say, oh, well, you can just take medicine for that. But at the expense of what it's doing to you with your liver and your, I mean, if you can clean up your diet and work out and get rid of medicine, I would I would advise that every time. I'm not saying don't take those medicines. I'm just saying a lot of us are on them because we're not eating right and we're not working out right. And I chose not to get on it and to change my eating and to change my movement. And I didn't need it then. My cholesterol went down. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Kim, thank you so much for your time today, for your generosity, for being so honest and so vulnerable. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of things here that we can um, that we can work with. And I'm just super excited to see what God's going to do in the lives of the people that not only hear this podcast, but um, pick up a copy of your book. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I just pray that God will bless the work of your hands and heart in your ministry. And I, I feel so... I feel like the time is now, like we need Jesus in our fitness. So thank you for letting me share this today. I I feel Mm. so blessed. Man, what a great conversation with Kim. I'm so thankful for her heart and the mission that God has her on. I know that uh, she would love to hear from you. If you connected with her voice today and you want to learn more, be sure to check out her latest resource, Fit God's Way. Follow her on socials. Let her know that you heard her here on the Reclamation Podcast. Guys, I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Every time you share the podcast, every time you leave a rating or review, every time you hit that subscribe button, it just continues to give me the opportunity to do what I love to do. And I'm thankful for you. So have a great week. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.